Our society seems to be obsessed with time. A stitch in time saves nine, any time now, before someone's time, behind the time, bides one time, for time's sake, have a good time, in the interest of time, just in time, out of time, let the good times roll, let's not waste time, long time no see, making up for lost time, if I could find the time, matter of time, one step at a time, press for time, prime time, race against time, running out of time, time is on our side, time is not on our side, take your time, test of time, the right place at the right time, the wrong place at the wrong time, third time's a charm, time is of the essence time out time off time heals all wounds time will tell too much time too much time to think too much time at the end of the game too much screen time too much time on my hands a phrase immortalized by the rock and roll uh, band sticks but there's a litany of other memorable songs by other bands you've got uh, back in time by Huey Lewis in the news time after time by Cindy Lauper if you just take the term time you have to pick from Pink Floyd Marvin Gaye or Electric Light Orchestra time is on my side said the Rolling St- uh, Stones but does anybody really know what time it is says Chicago let the good times roll from the cars but Then Bob Dylan says, the times are changing. Andy Williams says there's a time for that. But Cher says, if I could turn back time. Are you having the time of your life from Green Day? Or is it the time of my life popularized by a a movie? So all this makes the point. Our society's obsession with time. And I'm not sure... That's the biblical view of time. I think that we get caught up in time in ways that maybe are not to our advantage. We are stewards of all that God has given us, and that includes time. Are we doing the best that we can with the time given? Put another way, with a commodity so precious, how could we do better with the time that we have? For many of us, the principles uh, that we are going to talk about this evening, they're not new. And I need the reminders to keep me re-engaging in practices that that will help me. So uh, trying to best use the time that I have. One way to remind ourselves is to put a value on on time. You've probably heard this uh, before, but... um, If you made a dollar for every second, that would give you $86,400 in your account each day. No carrying it forward. You're going to lose everything if you don't use it. You'll want to draw out every cent. You want to use it the best that you can. But you see, the problem with that is you can't do everything, but you can do a lot of things. You can't buy a jet airplane. So instead, I may fritter uh, my, my time with... Uh, a fleet of cars, but the problem with a fleet of cars is I can't drive them all at the, at the same time. And at the end of my days, I'm not sure I want to be that guy that's only known for having a fleet of cars. You could build a substantial home, but not all at one time. I could buy a cheaper home, possibly resting on the sand in a flood zone. That might be a good start. Or I could take my 86K and, 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 and one day I could put in a foundation and the next day a frame. And the next day, dry in my house. But that needs intentionality and focus. And that doesn't mean that we necessarily need to squeeze as much out of every day that we possibly can. Making uh, uh, ourselves busy does not imply that we're using our time wisely. People tend to think that way, especially in our culture, where business efficiency 
productivity very much rule the day. We try to fight the, the, the clock, stay up late, sleep less, do more, rush to school, rush to work, quick, uh, catch a quick bite on the way, all while we're talking on our phone in the hopes that we do not miss out on something else that we need to wedge into our schedule. If you look at Jesus' life, he doesn't seem to be held hostage to time, even though he only had a limited amount of time on this earth. He was doing the most important job in history, redeeming the world. And although he knew that he had only a few years to do it, he never seemed to cut his time short or hasten those that were with him. In uh, uh, Matthew chapter 19, and, and the children are brought to Jesus that he might lay his hands on them and, and, and praise his disciples tried to shoo the children away but Jesus said let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven have you ever wondered why God didn't allow Jesus to live till 60 he would have had 30 years on earth to do more miracles and good deeds wouldn't that have been better the answer is it wasn't necessary. His mission could be completed in three years. Staying on saved no purpose. Why would you want to stay on foreign soil when the war is over? So what is important is not the length of time, but what we put into the time. Are we being purposeful in the time that we have? Uh, in my lesson prep for this uh, evening, I was looking at different kinds of acronyms for, uh, for time. Uh, and, and as you can imagine, there's all sorts of interesting things. The ones suitable for public consumption were uh, things I must experience, things I must earn, things I must enjoy, things I may enjoy. And all of these may have value and I think probably uh, should be considered, but while you really can't extricate the M-E or the me from time, either literally or conceptually, I decided to choose an acronym that was more focused on time than on me. So this evening, we're going to kind of take a, a, a biblical view of time, and we're going to put it to a, an acronym. And when we consider time, instead of being just crushed by time, let's back up. Let's inhale a little bit and ask ourselves, when we're considering time, are we treasuring it? Are we investing it? Are we managing it? Are we enjoying it? Let's make time our friend instead of our en uh, enemy. We're often just in this fight against uh, 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 time. Uh, we're going to be spending some time in Matthew 6 tonight. Uh, but bear with me because we may be bouncing around a, a little bit. But Matthew 6, verses 25 through 30. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? 
And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you, and, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? The point here is to treasure the time that we do have. If Jesus can minister to the world without a watch, without a planner, without a smart uh, a phone, I think we, possibly we could do better. God says we should treasure time as a, a valuable commodity. We usually number our years, celebrate our birthdays, so, you know, have anniversaries, marking our time, numbering our days. Every day is precious, so we should treasure those precious commodities and use them wisely. One writer said, to, real, to realize the value of one year, ask a student who failed a grade. <laughs> to realize the value of one month, ask a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one hour, ask a businessman whose flight was delayed an hour. To realize the value of one minute, ask the man who had a heart attack in a restaurant. To realize the value of one second, ask the person who barely missed a head-on collision in a car accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask an Olympic swimmer who missed qualifying by 0.1 second. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. We need to treasure the time that we have when we're planning our day. A.W. Tozier wrote, time is a resource that is non-renewable, non-transferable. You cannot store it, slow it up, hold it up, divide it up, or give it up. You can't hoard it or save it for a rainy day, and when it's lost, it's unrecoverable. When you kill time, remember, it has no resurrection. So, let's talk a little bit about investing time and spending it on the kingdom. If we go back to uh, Matthew 6, and we look in verses 19 through 21, and Jesus says, you know, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where the, neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's invest our time in the important things. Time is always moving. You can't slow it down. You can't add more to it. You can't really save it. So the only thing that we can do is invest in the time that we uh, have. Uh, in the early 70s, Jim Croce wrote a song. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. Nice words. A few months later after he wrote the song, he was killed in a plane crash in Louisiana at the age of 30. You can't hold on to time. So we've got to understand the value of investing the time that we have. You know, the Bible says in Psalms uh, 90 and, and 12, teach us 
to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So now's the, not the right time, but if you want to do uh, something interesting, uh, the internet has a, a, a death clock. And so, so you put in a you know, couple of figures, you know, how much do you weigh, how tall are, are you, you know, and, and stuff. And, it's, and it spits out the date of your death, assuming all of those, those things. And so it takes into account all these various variables. Um, and I haven't told my wife yet, but mine is October 6, 17th, 2046. It, it's Wednesday, so if I'm not here that night, I probably have a really good excuse. The point is, everything passes away. We will too. At a, at a graduation uh, ceremony, the commencement uh, uh, speaker said, time is the capital that God has given us to invest. People are the stocks in which we are to invest our time. We are called to invest our time in people's lives. Those who are lost need the gospel. Those who are hurting need comfort. Those who are weak need help. Actually, when you start looking about it and thinking about, where is it that I'm investing uh, my time? If I'm spending five hours on a computer and five minutes talking with other people, does that mean that those people are worth less than your computer? We need to be rethinking about investing in people, in relationships, because relationships carry on forever. It's something that I need to remind myself too. I, I love to spend time reading and studying, but sometimes you can read and you can study and you can look at things and you can become so spiritual that you are no earthly good. You're just not connecting with anybody else. A diligent worker is admirable. What is the point of working so hard on the job, on the computer, when at the end of the day, none of that counts for eternity? So you won't find these things in heaven. But the lost souls that we shared the gospel with, that we touched, that we said, this is important. It changes the world. The loved ones we care about, those are the things that we need to invest in in time. Next thing is we need to prioritize the choices that we do make. So we need to manage our time. Uh, turn with me to Ephesians 5, 15 and 17. Starting in verse 15, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We don't want to be wasting our time when we could be managing it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not... I'm not sure how to, how to capture this. Some of you know that I, I try to uh, do cardio running on occasion. And uh, people will tell me, it's like, I'm not like you. I, I, I don't like cardio running. And I've got some news for them. I go to the Chris McCurley School of Cardio Running. He doesn't like it. I don't like it. 
But both of us do it because of the benefits in terms of health, stamina, and, and the reduction on our insurance rates. We understand investing our time, managing the time that we do have is important. Way more important, each of us determines each day just how much Jesus we're going to manage into our lives. You've got as much God in you right now as you want to have. You've probably heard of the illustration of, well, I think most of us have, of, of putting uh, uh, rocks and pebbles and sand in, in a jar by the, the time management uh, expert. And so, uh, and Stephen Rechtenwall actually does a really good job with this. I'm sorry, Stephen, I don't have the, the, uh, the, the tools. But he places this large, clear jar in front of the group, and he puts seven or, or eight uh, large rocks into it, and he says, is, is the jar, jar full? And, and, you know, people will nod their heads. Yeah, the jar is full. And then he takes the, the, the pebbles, and he fills up the jar uh, with the pebbles and, until it reaches the rim, and he says, is the jar full? But now they're kind of on to him, so you know, they don't say anything. So he pours the fine sand in and says, is the jar full? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah now, now, now it's full. But then he, then he takes the, the water and he fills it all the way up. And he asks the group, what's the lesson here? And someone invariably says, no matter how busy you are, you can always fit more things into your schedule. Wrong. <laughs> it's not the point. <laughs> the lesson is, unless you put the big rocks in first, they will never fit in. We've got to figure out what the big rocks are for us. We've got to identify the big rocks in our life. If you don't put the big rocks in first, the pebbles won't go in. And if you put the, the pebbles in, 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 in first, the big rocks won't go in. In his book, uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey writes, time management is a misleading concept. You really can't manage time. Now, here's a takeaway. Write this down. You can't delay it, speed it up, save it, or lose it. No matter what you do, time keeps moving forward at the same rate. The challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. We need to be proactive in managing our choices. And of course, there's going to be tons of conflicting interests, demanding interests, fighting for the same 24 hours every day. And so we, we need to make a, a choice to be clear what the rocks are and hold on to those rocks. There's a, a, another song, some of you know this, and, and some of you probably don't, but it's called the, the, the Cat's Cradle by Harry Chapin. And it's a really interesting commentary on, on, on time. As a dad, it, it almost brings tears to my eyes, but I'll see if I can get through some of it. Uh, so it goes something like this. My child arrived just the other day. He came in the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. He was talking before I knew it, and as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. My son turned 10 just the other day, and thanks for the ball now. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? And I said, not today. I've got a 
Lot two, and he said, that's okay. And he walked away and he smiled and he said, you know, I'm going to be like you, Dad, you know. I'm going to be like you. And here's why I tear up. And those of you that know the song know. The final verse says, I've long since retired. My son's moved away. <laughs> Called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. And he said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the uh, time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure been nice talking to you, Dad. Really nice talking to you. And I hung up the phone and it occurred to me he'd grown up just like me. So here's the rest of the story. Harry Chapin's wife, Sandy, actually wrote the words to that song in a poem and Harry brushed it aside but after their child Josh was born he visited it with this kind of new set of eyes and it became one of his most memorable songs unfortunately it also became a self-fulfilling prophecy when their son was seven Harry was performing 200 concerts a year Sandy asked him when he was going to take some time to be with his son and Harry promised to make some time at the end of summer he never made it. That summer, a truck hit Harry's Volkswagen, and he was killed. We've got to treasure the time that we have. We've got to manage the time that we have. We've got to invest in the time that we have. And so, if we don't know what the rocks are, it's going to be very difficult for us to be able to do, uh, uh, do that. Uh, if you don't know what your rocks are, then this would be a really good week to figure it out. Uh, and it, it doesn't have to be hard. Uh, my rocks generally fall into categories. I've talked about this before. Faith, family, friends, fellow travelers on earth. So those are kind of my rocks. And faith has to come first because, uh, well, you know, in, in Hebrews, the, the 11th chapter, uh, it's called the Heroes of Faith chapter. It talks about how before God has taken Enoch up, he commended him. But that in verse 6, the writer provides this commentary and he says, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who seek him. You see, it's like being on an airplane that's in desperate trouble. Most of us have heard this many times, but when you, the plane's going down, what are you supposed to do? Oxygen masks, right? Whose? Yeah, you need to put yours on first before helping others. Because without oxygen, without my faith, I'm not going to be able to help others. You know, family is important. And we all have various families. Some of us have interesting families. You know who you are. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have an interesting uh, 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 family. And, and there's this... Uh, uh, this saying, and, and I've, I've mentioned this before as well, uh, 
you know, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Nothing could be more untrue. And Jesus makes this abundantly clear in, in Matthew 12, in, in verse 46 there. And so while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven and my brother and are my brothers and sisters and mother. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that these weren't his family, but rather that his true family was his spiritual family. And if you're fortunate enough to have your blood family to be part of your spiritual family, it's even better. And so we've got family and we need to be involved with our family and it needs to be one of the rocks that we're committed uh, 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 to. Friendship and, you know, I'm committed to, to, uh, to friends, but biblical friendship, not just any friendship. I'm not talking about my friends on Facebook because frankly, some of them I think have deserted me, but that's another issue. We're talking about holy friendships they go way beyond friendships that are defined by numbers. In Proverbs 18 and 24, it says that a man of many companion comes to a, ru a ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We want to choose friends that stick closer than a brother and have our best interests at heart and are loyal to God. Because it's very difficult to imagine somebody having your best interests at heart if they're not loyal to God. The point is that only after you've identified the rocks and put them in first, making God's priorities our priorities, can you enjoy time. Which brings us to our final point Finding fulfillment in doing God's will. Going to Matthew 6 and uh, 31 through 33. Therefore, do not be anxious uh, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Blake mentioned this morning how to live the abundant life that is so desirable. And that abundance comes from knowing who God is and that he's in charge. Sometimes I forget, I, I think we forget that. Uh, Jesus gives his, his disciples an admonition in one of the most difficult times in their lives. In John 16 and in, 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 in verse uh, uh, thir uh, 30 and, and reading on. Now we know that you know all things, and this is his disciples uh, uh, talking, and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. And you will be scattered and each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet, I'm not alone. For the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. 
In the world you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We live in a world of tribulation. And I think sometimes we don't avail ourselves to the peace of God. Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world. And you're wondering, okay, I'd like to be part of this, but I'm not sure that God will let me if he knows who I am. Does God really love me? And of course, the easy answer there is yes. <laughs> Not because of you, who you are, but because of who he is. He sent his son to die for you. In Romans 8 and 38, one of my favorite uh, uh, verses because, you know, you've probably been through some dark times in your life. I've been through some dark times in my life. And this is a comfort. And so Paul says, I am convinced that nothing can se ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Nothing can take us away from God's love. There's always going to be some place that I can be. There's always going to be something that I can do. But when we're investing time wisely, spiritually, biblically, we can enjoy this time that we have. Uh, look at Jesus. True, familiar, uh, uh, true fulfillment comes when he's living right at the center of God's will, doing God's will, taking attacks from all sides, and yet he has peace. Going back to Matthew 6 and 28. So why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glories was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? God wants us to enjoy the time that we have. And part of the time that we have is being together in this family. I'm really, really happy to be here at Oldham Lane. And I'm really, really happy to be in a family that serves God. Uh, one of the things that's really great about this church is the joy that we have with each other and understanding that joy. And, you know, Paul mentions, he's like, look, stop being so anxious. 
in uh, Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think we don't enjoy the time that we have as much as we could. Uh, in Luke 24, and, and, and I see time is getting away from us. And I'm going to read this anyway. In verse 28, uh, so it's the road to Emmaus. And so they, they, they drew near to the village to which we, uh, they were going. He acted as if he was going far, uh, uh, for, uh, farther. And he's talking about Jesus. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with him. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked upon us on the road, while he opened the scriptures. Here's kind of the point. There's no time in the present to reconfigure our lives for 2023. We did a church survey a while back, and we were looking, we are like, well, do we have people that like learning about depth, or do we like people learning about breadth of scriptures? And guess what? There came back a category. We didn't even ask this question. It just bubbled up. It overflowed. It's like, we like being with the family, learning about God, being together. And I'm thinking, yeah. And if you've been to our Bible classes, you know that. But we need to enjoy that. It's a special thing. So, let's enjoy the time that we have. You know, uh, I, I occasionally read financial advice. And this is probably from Dave Ramsey. I don't, I, I don't know where it, it comes from, but he says, okay, when's the best time to, to uh, start investing? 30 years ago. You know, compound interest. You'd be, you know, and so you just make them a, when's the second best time to start investing? Right now. Because time is gone. When you're trying to make decisions, when we're trying to figure out how can I be better in 2023 or for the less rest of my life, the best time is right now. You can talk to the people in, in, in this auditorium and uh, if, you, if you know that you need to make a commitment for Christ, that you need to put him on in baptism, they will tell you it was the best decision of their life. It was a time where they're saying, from this time forward, I'm going to live the abundant life. If you're struggling or hurting, or maybe just want to reset, and you're like, I'm not sure I can get there, and, and, and I have been there. I had to go through the reset. I was in a dark place, and I couldn't get there, and my prayers were not being heard, but they were. 
but I didn't feel it. And I went to my church, and they swarmed me, and they helped me, and I could feel it. And it was a good time. So, this is the time when you can change, when you can make your priorities what they should be, where you can make this the time of your life. If you have any need, won't you come as we sing the song that's been selected?